Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. I'm reminded of a choir director one time who told me there's testimony songs. And there's nothing wrong with testimony songs. You testify in certain songs, you know, and those songs edify the body and they have their place. You know, we sung songs, I remember, remember songs in the church growing up, you know, I'm going to take a trip on the good old gospel ship, I'm going far beyond, you know, um, I'll fly away, oh Lord, you know, you te- that's testimony, but I've, every single, and nothing wrong with those, I'm not knocking those songs, don't take this the wrong way, because they edify the body, so they have good in the church. But there's just something about when you transition from a horizontal praise to a vertical worship. And no longer is your focus on I, but your focus, Jesus. Jesus, be the center of your church. God, take the focus away from me, God, and put it on you. God, because it's not about me, God. It's all about you, God, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus Can I tell you, that is what worship is. Jesus at the center of it all. And as long as I have anything to say about it, I want Jesus at the center of this church. Can somebody just testify and say, Jesus, be the center of this church. Amen. Come on, one more. Come on. The best we've got, lift him up. Amen. God, I love you. Amen. Just a couple of quick announcements so you can be seated couple of quick announcements and then I'll pray and we'll get into into the message tonight missing my sidekick up here tonight amen she's on the front row how many of y'all love the first lady of Ford amen amen she's substituting this week she's taking three online classes and she said she said, sweetheart, I just, I hadn't studied, and I'm just not going to get up there with you tonight. I said, well, you can just sit beside me if you want to. I don't care. But she, was, she turned me down, so. Uh, listen, if you're, uh, if you're new to Forward Church, I just want to let you know about something we have coming up. One of the things that we do on the third Sunday of every month, we do it every single month, it's uh, something called Pastor's Lunch. How many of y'all, you, you've come to Pastor's Lunch? I don't know, wave your hand. Yeah, a couple of people. Uh, come to pastor's lunch. It's just a time um, that I, I didn't bite you. I didn't harm you in any way, did I? It was a very hopefully welcoming experience, okay? So you have nothing to be scared of, okay? Um, no, this is just something that, that we implemented for me and the staff to get to connect with, with newer people at the church and for you to get to connect with us. If you're interested in this, it's taking place this Sunday after the 11 o'clock service. Um, let us, you know, lunch is on us, child care is on us. Uh, just come out, uh, sign up in the church center app. You can go uh, in the church center app under sign ups, scroll down, find pastor's lunch, uh, fill out the form, let us know how many will be coming and if you need child care or not, that way we um, make sure we don't buy too much food, but then again, we want enough food. Amen. Um, so sign up for that. And again, that's this Sunday after the 11 o'clock service. I can't wait to connect with you then. 
Also, staff appreciation is coming up. How many of y'all think we have one of the best teams around? Come on, give it up for our staff. Staff appreciation will be September the 24th. And why am I announcing this so much? Because um, our team is growing here and uh, we have such amazing staff. And every staff appreciation, we take up a special offering for our staff. So go ahead and you know, set aside an offering for, uh, for, for this team because they deserve it. They deserve more than what we can give them. Really, they do. Um, but we're going to take up a special offering for them that day. We're going to recognize them and we're going to love on them. And so mark your calendar September the 24th in both the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock service. We're going to recognize and we're going to honor our staff here. And then last but not least, coming up in October, everybody know what, does anybody know what October holds? Fall Fest. Fall Fest is coming up this October. Uh, we need your help right now. Um, you can sign up for a trunk, uh, decorate a trunk uh, for Trunk or Treat at Fall Fest. You can sign up in the Church Center app. Church Center app has everything. If you had not downloaded the Church Center app, you need to download the Church Center app. Um, if you're not tech savvy, just see uh, one of our staff around here. See one of our team members. We'll help you out with that. Um, and also, uh, for Fall Fest, we're taking candy donations. So um, if you make a trip to Walmart, if you make a trip to Sam's between now and then, don't leave Walmart or Sam's without buying the biggest bag of candy that they have on sale there. And bring it here, drop it off, because we want to sugar those kids up and we want to send them home with their parents. And that way uh, they can say, that, that forward church down the road, they, they just, you know, we, we like to be talked about like that, amen? Uh, so help us out that way. I'm looking forward to Fall Fest. It's a great opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to show love to our community. Amen. Because that's what, that's what we're called to do. Um, and I don't do this all the time on Wednesday night, but home folk, can we give all of our guests a hand tonight? I know this is a curveball, but I was looking around in worship and I saw a couple of new faces and I just want to just want to say this. Listen, if it's your first time at Ford, you know, it's a midweek, it's laid back more of an intimate setting, but I believe, you know, God's got you here for a purpose. Um, and so uh, close by in the seat somewhere, there's, there's one of these cards, it's a connect card. Um, down at the bottom, it's a place for your prayer request. We believe in a God who still answers prayers. Um, if you want to connect with us, we would love to connect with you. Take a few moments, you can fill this out before you leave. You can just drop it in one of the um, uh, giving boxes on the way out, and uh, we'll make sure that we get it and, and uh, get it where it needs to go, and we would just love the opportunity to reach out and connect with you, and, and just, uh, um, you know, I, I want everybody to be a part of what God's doing here. I believe the vision that God has given us is a special vision, and it includes you. It includes everybody. Whosoever, that's what the kingdom of God is about, amen, whosoever. And so uh, take a few moments, fill that out, and uh, we'll make sure it gets to where it, it needs to go. Y'all ready for the word tonight? Amen. Um, Here's what I want to do. Uh, Pastor Adam, if you don't mind, keep playing. Uh, I know I'm stretching this out. I do have a main text tonight, and I hate to ask you to stand, but I, I think if it would do us good tonight to just honor the main text, the reading of the Word of God, to, and, and, and stand one more time. Mark chapter 13. I want to read verses 32 through 37, because this, all, this scripture really offers us so much uh, insight to... Uh, it's, it's powerful advice for the modern church and for our lives today when it comes to, to prophecy. And 
you know, we've been in this series, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed on Wednesday night. This is, this is covering part two of chapter three. And we're going to be dealing with the watch principle, W-A-T-C-H, the watch principle. And I want, to, I want to open up with this scripture, Mark 13, verse 32, and it says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to teach his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore. How many times do you see this word watch reoccurring in the scripture? Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight at the, crown, at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Somebody say watch. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to watch. We got to watch. I'm going to continue overcoming when you feel overwhelmed tonight. This is chapter 3, part 2, dealing with the watch principle. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you one more time. I pray, God, that you would hide me behind your cross tonight. As cliche as that may sound, God, I don't want people to really see me, but I want them to see you through me. Let everything, everything that I say be ordained by you. Nothing more, nothing less. Let these words pierce the hearts of this congregation, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers. And God, I will be quick to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, look at your neighbor again say, get ready. Amen. You can be seated. So I want you to take note of the last word in that scripture. The last word in that scripture is, is watch. And in one of the letters Paul wrote to Timothy, he revealed what happens when we fail to watch. Now, I want to start off by this. I want to start off by talking about what happens if you and I fail to watch. And, and, and I know we, we haven't really dove into this watch principle yet. We alluded to it two weeks ago. But I want to talk about what happens first and foremost when we fail to watch. 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 10 says, Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Now, Demas is only mentioned three times in all of Scripture. He's started strong in the ministry as an apprentice to one of the greatest preachers who ever lived, a, by, a guy by the name of Paul. I don't know if you've ever heard uh, a guy by the name of Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. If you hadn't heard him, about him, you might need to go check him out. Amen? So Demas was serving alongside this preacher named Paul. Demon, De Demas traveled with Paul. Shared, he shared the good news and planted churches with him. And for a reason we don't really know, and the Bible doesn't really give us a lot of insight to, to, to what happened to Demas. Demas, the Bible says forsook Paul. Some translations even use the word deserted. He, it says that, that Demas even deserted Paul. And, and, and though Demas started with good intentions and made valuable contributions to the church, he misplaced his affections. The Bible says that he actually loved the world more. And so he walked away from the faith because he loved the world more than he loved his Savior. And if, if, I just want you to understand something. 
If it could happen to a man by the name of Demas, it could happen to, either, to any of us. Demas, the Bible said, loved the world more than basically his Savior. He walked away from the faith. He walked away from the ministry. He forsook it all. He departed. He abandoned everything because he loved the world more. And so the scripture warns us, therefore, in these last days that we need to watch. We need to watch. And I want to give you really five aspects of your life that you need to watch, W-A-T-C-H, in order to endure in these last days. We're going to talk about our words. We're going to talk about our attitude. We're going to talk about our temptations. We're going to talk about our character. And we're going to talk about our household. Are you all ready for this? Bulker your seatbelt. Number one, we're going to talk about our words. We need to watch our words. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your words. Look at your other neighbor and say, word. Words are very powerful. As a matter of fact, they can create or they can destroy. They can build up or they can tear down. See, our words hold weight. Our words matter. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 18 Verse 21, most of you can quote this scripture. What does it say? Death and life are in the power of what? And those who love it will eat its fruit. See, every word that you speak is a seed that is going forth and creating your future. Meaning, when Proverbs says that you are going to partake of the fruit of your tongue. And I'm not this name it and claim it type preacher, but I am of the opinion because I believe the Bible teaches us this that you will become what you constantly speak if you constantly speak of yourself as a certain thing then more than likely you will naturally your life will gravitate in that direction in other words you manifest what you say we have to watch our words. Jesus emphasized the importance of what we say. See, watching words will sometimes even mean that we don't use words at all. Sorry. Didn't hold the same effect as it does with one of them. Watching our words sometimes means that we don't say anything at all. When Jesus stood before Pilate, he used silence as a tool. Sometimes no words are more appropriate. See, never speak words that allow the enemy to think he's winning. The moment that you put it out there, that you give the enemy a foothold in your life, and begin, what I'm trying to challenge you tonight with, is begin today to recognize those words that are coming your way from the enemy. Recognize the thoughts, and guess what? Just because something pops in your head doesn't mean it has to come out of your mouth. The Holy Spirit doesn't just make us speak in tongues. He also makes us be quiet. Look out for when those words appear in what you watch and hear. See, also watch the words that others say around you. You don't have to repeat negative reports. You don't have to manifest. You don't have to verbalize. You don't have to let out of your mouth everything that you hear. Yeah. 
Nor do you have to share someone's lousy attitude or fearful behavior. Don't make your ears a garbage can. I love how the book quoted that. Don't make your ears a garbage can. I would go as far to say not only do you have to watch that you not verbalize everything that you hear, but you also don't have to listen to everything that comes your way either. Somebody shows up with a lousy attitude, speaking accusations. Can I tell you, it is perfectly in order for you to just say, I love you, and walk away. Sometimes that just speaks volumes. Watch the words that come your way from other people. See, today, when you hear the message of the enemy creeping in, I want you to declare this aloud. Some of us need to declare this aloud tonight. You're not coming in here. I'm taking every thought captive. I have another report that says I am loved by God. And I am who God created me to be. And I am who God says I am. Christ shed his blood for my deliverance. And God has a purpose and a plan for my life. And his purpose and plan for my life is good. Despite what anything else or anyone else tells me. You need to give God praise right there. I said give God praise, not an applause. See, not only do we need to watch our words, but we need to watch our attitude. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean you need to be upset all the time. It rains on the just and the unjust. Satan has an original plan, A. You know what his original plan, A, is? To keep people from getting saved. That's his original plan. But that plan doesn't always work, does it? You know what plan B is? If he fails at plan A, which is to keep you from getting saved, plan B is to make you feel miserable the rest of your life. And just to make you have a sour attitude. And I've always said this, your attitude is going to determine your altitude. But a lot of times, Satan's plan B is just to make you a miserable Christian that nobody wants to be around, that is basically ineffective in the kingdom, and our attitude, is in, our attitude in difficult circumstances is more important than what happens to us. So, in other words, how we respond to what happens to us is more important than actually what is happening to us. Your attitude in response to your circumstances is even more important than your circumstances. And, 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 and sometimes that's, that's hard for us. We're talking about overcoming when we feel overwhelmed. It's the enemy's job to make you feel overwhelmed. But it's also our responsibility to recognize those seasons in life when the enemy is attacking and understanding that we have an option, we have a choice on how we respond in those seasons. A lot of us and the enemy would make us believe that we don't have a choice how we respond. Sweetheart, can I tell you, you always have a choice. You have a choice if you speak those words. You have a choice if you don't speak those words. You have a choice to be bitter or you have a choice to be better. You have a choice, you have a choice to show grace or not show grace. As Philippians 2 verse 5 tells us, let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. Some of us just need to put on the mind of Christ. 
It's easy to get angry or look for someone or something to blame. It's easy to say, well, I'm this way because this. No, really, again, you're that way because you choose. To hang on, you might, now, I'm not minimizing that that's happened to you. I know that there's things in life that happen. There's loss. There's grief. There's suffering. There's, there's addiction. There's abuse. There's a lot of things that has probably happened to a lot of you under the sound of my voice. But the only way that those things have any authority over your life is if you allow them to have authority over your life. I know that's tough. I know that's tough, but it's biblical. The only way you allow any of that to have authority over you is if you allow it, is if you do allow it because Christ has paid for your freedom. And, he, and it's not that, well, Christ can set me free from this, this, and this, but I don't know that he can ever set me free from this. Sweetheart, he can set you free from anything that you want him to set you free from. Can I tell you, he can do anything exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we could ever ask or imagine. Husband, can I tell you tonight that he can, he can set you free from any addiction. Wife, he can set you free from any, anything that you are thinking that you're hiding in your marriage or hiding in this or hiding. He can set you free from the deepest, darkest corners of your heart that you haven't told anybody about. God sees it. He still loves you and he still chooses to say, hey, if you'll give it to me, I'll take care of it. The state of your attitude is a choice. Choose wisely. Refuse to be a negative, angry, mean person who can always find something to complain about. You know, we have a, we have a term for that. We call it the fault-finding ministry. It's quiet in here tonight. Because I think a lot of us are convicted that we might be a part of the team called fault-finding ministry. See, we need to fill ourselves up with faith, hope, and love. Of which the greatest of these is love. Live as if you have a sense of eternal purpose because you do. So we need to watch. We need to watch our words. We need to watch our attitude. We need to watch our temptations. How many of y'all know we're all tempted? Your temptation might not look like my temptation, but we're all tempted. Temptation is constant. No one is exempt from it. As long as you are alive, even after you fast and pray, Pastor, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and I'm still facing temptation. What's wrong with me? Nothing. We live in a fallen creation. Temptation will still be knocking on your door, and it's persistent. It's a persistent knock. Sometimes... Sometimes we go where we've been warned not to go. We lower our standards and convictions and think, oh, I can stop when I want to stop. When it gets too dangerous, I'll back off. I know when, we always say that, I know when enough is enough. God will let you go where you want because you have free will. But listen, but remember this, rather than having what you want, there will come a time when those temptations will have you. Because temptation always leads you further than what you thought you would ever go. Be sure of that. 
We have to look within and listen to that still small voice, namely the Holy Spirit, who is warning us to back off. Back off, go back home, and as the Bible says, run or flee from the very appearance of evil. See, I, I think that that's sometimes something we need to take into account. Sin may thrill at first, but eventually it will kill. Because Satan's job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. The book refers, I love this, this, this analogy, and, and, and so I put it in here. I put it in here word for word, so I'm going to read this because it was such a good illustration. It refers to a documentary not too long ago about a professional snake handler who milks snakes for their venom. In order to qualify for this job, you must hold a degree in biology, chemistry, biochemistry, a, a word that I can't pronounce, which is the study of reptiles. If you're wondering why on earth anyone would, would even think about milking a snake, it's because venom plays a crucial role in creating something called anti-venom. Venom is also used in some medicines for strokes and cancer. Did you know that? Did not know that. In this documentary, some trainees were watching a professional snake handler milk a snake. And the handler explained that most snake bites happen not when you pick the snake up, but when you're trying to put the snake down. This warning reminded me of how careful we must be with what we pick up. It's easy to pick, but it's much harder to. And all the time the enemy's whispering in our mind, you got it, you know when enough's enough. You know when too far is too far. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and pick it up. Just go ahead and pick it up. A little bit of pornography, maybe once a month. Or a little drinking, just some wine on Friday evenings to unwind after a hard week. Or may, I know y'all don't like this, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Or maybe lose, you know, uh, losing an interest in attendance or uh, a church attendance or a small group or just skipping a service here or there, or maybe we start going a few places that aren't going to help us become the best version of ourselves. Can I tell you, it's not a bear, it's not the lion or the wolf that destroys the vine. It's the little fox that nibbles away at the vine, one chew and one swallow at a time. And the more we compromise in these things, the more deeply entrenched we become. And when it's time to put it down, is when it bites. Remember this. You're an overcomer. You can be, it is possible for us to be an overcomer. You don't have to surrender to the lust of the flesh. Jesus was tempted and he endured and he withstood the enemy. He overcame. He has overcome the devil and every trap of the enemy. And because he has overcome... You can be free of every bad habit, addiction, lust, anything that comes at your way because Jesus has paid the price for you to be an overcomer. The C, we need to watch our character. I want to say a few words about this because I want to get through this tonight. Character matters. 
If you don't believe me, read the story of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 20. I don't have time to go through the whole story. Genesis chapter 20, jot it down, go home, read it tonight. The gist of it is this. God is more interested in your character than he is your comfort. God is more interested in your character than he is your comfort. And every once in a while, we need to examine our character. Character and integrity goes hand in hand. See, it's not just what we do in public, but it's what we do in private. That's what builds character. According to Proverbs 10 and 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. It's always, listen, it's always the right time to do what is right. It's always the right time to do what is right. The H, watch your household. I want us to understand that I know everybody in here tonight is probably in a different place in their life. Maybe you, you say, well, I don't have a household. I'm by myself. Everyone has a different family dynamic. Understand that. You might not be married. You might be divorced and be sharing custody of your children. Maybe you're child-free by choice. But whatever your dynamic, we all have people who fall into our circle that, we, that, that can be defined as our household. Every single one of us. Don't become so preoccupied with schedules and routines and so overwhelmed with, with responsibilities. And I know that there are many, are, there's many responsibilities today that your priority to love and serve your family gets left behind. Watch your household. Husbands, watch your household. Parents, watch your household. Today being busy seems busyness a lot of times we think equals success. And that's one of the greatest tools of the enemy. That's one of the greatest lies of the enemy, that busyness equals success. But sometimes busy, if we can be so busy that we fail to watch the things that matter. I just want to challenge somebody tonight. Make time for your family. Play with your kids. Take your family out for no particular reason. Listen to them more than you talk. What's the old saying? God gave you two ears and one mouth. So you need to listen twice as much as you talk. Instead of just taking them to church on Sunday, show them the love of Christ during the week. Can I just be honest with you? I know this is, I'm not, I'm not shouting and spitting and hollering right here. And, and, and you come in here on Wednesday night and you think, well, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to be quiet tonight. And I don't, I, don't, I, you, 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 I don't know how to read you on Wednesday night sometime. And you're thinking the same thing. I don't, Pastor, I don't know how to read you on Wednesday night. But I'm just going to be honest with you. You can bring your kids to church and you can bring them to small group and you can do all the right things. But if you don't show it in your house, if you don't show it in your house, it's one thing to show it on Sunday morning. It's another thing to show it on Wednesday night. It's another thing to show it on a, a, a Sunday night small group or a Monday night small group or whenever you attend small group. But until you start showing it every other night of the week in your own home, can I tell you, it just means more to them. When you show it in your home, it carries more value. It carries more weight when they know that this is not just the show that you're putting on on Sunday, but it's the way it's 24-7, 365, the way you live your life just means more it's like the SEC I knew I'd get some amens on that one some of them don't even know what I'm talking about there that's the sad part about all of that 
<laughs> Make time for your family. Here's one. How about we pray for our family every once in a while? Pray for your children, your nieces, your nephews, your friends' children, and those children you teach or watch. Pray for those children. Pray for that, ne that next generation. Pray for your family. And sometimes we just have to determine that these children will be fruitful in the kingdom of God and that hell will not have them in Jesus' name. Sometimes you just got to walk into your kid's room and say, I know they're not here, but enemy, you can't have them. I'm taking back my kids in Jesus' name. Anoint that doorpost with oil. You put a prayer cloth under that pillow. I know some of y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about right now, but that's okay. Come talk to me after church, and you'll figure out what I'm talking about. And just say, just, 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 just look the enemy square in the eye and say, you can't have them in Jesus' name. Wage war. Because we're in a battle, believe it or not. And when you pray and stand on God's word, proclaim the, when you pray, stand on God's word, proclaim the promises of God's word, and what you're doing is you're welding together two of God's greatest weapons, not only for yourself, but also for your household. Prayer and the word of God. You're welding together two of the most powerful weapons that you have in this spiritual battle. I'm going to close with this. I know it's hard to believe, but I've got six more pages of notes that I could go through tonight. Chapter 3, part 3. Coming to a midweek near you. I want us to pray about these things tonight. I want us to pray about our words, our attitude, our temptations our character, and our household. We're going to pray through those things. We're only going to pray 10 minutes. So if you think about it, you only really have to spend two minutes on each one of those things. It's not that difficult, okay? So when I look up and I see everybody just sitting here like this, I'm going to be like... <laughs> pray. I'm going, to, I'm going to treat you like I do Jaden and Kaysen at night. When we, when we say our not-not prayers. <laughs> Bow your head. I'm just... <laughs> it's getting real in here, ain't it? It's getting thick. <laughs> Guys, watch. We're living in the last days. We are. I know I posted a thing, you know, it's a silly question to ask. We're living in the only days we've got, honestly. The days that you and I are living in are the days that God has given us, and it's the only days we have. And we can talk about the signs, and I'm going to be talking about all that on Sunday morning. We're going, to be, we're going to be going through the second coming for the next three weeks on Sunday morning. I don't know if you noticed or not, but what I'm talking about on Sunday morning, what I'm talking about on Wednesday night is sort of, you know, going together, stepping into a new season, and all of this turmoil that's happening. God's doing something in the church. God's doing something in the church. I don't care if you like me or not, but you got to love me because the Bible says so. Okay? I don't like everybody on the face of this earth, but I love them. But here's the thing. We might disagree right here in our head, but we... I want to I see the lost saved. 
You might, you, maybe you don't agree with how I do everything, and that's okay. But I want you to know my heart. My heart is that I want to see revival. I want to see souls saved. Ultimately, I want to make it to heaven. I mean, and I know it's not through our works. I know all that. But church, I just, man, I want to live for God. And I want a people who are hungry and thirsty for God. I pray that prayer every single Sunday. I talk about prayers that I pray. I have routine. I pray routine prayers. I don't know. Maybe whatever. I'll go through this sanctuary on Sunday morning. God, give us people. Fill this sanctuary today with people who are hungry, thirsty, desperate for you. I pray that prayer. Every seat full, both services. Every space full, both services with people, kids, students, adults that are hungry, thirsty, desperate for you because I know no matter what background, no matter where we come from, no matter if you've been coming to church for a hundred years or if it's your first Sunday in church or first Wednesday in church, if you come hungry and thirsty and desperate for God, He'll fill you. It's when we just come, ah, whatever, don't really want to be here, my wife drugged me to church, my husband drugged, you ain't going to get anything out of it because you, you've got the wrong attitude got the wrong attitude but if you'll come hungry you'll come thirsty and you'll turn that frown upside down and don't get mad but get glad God will do something in your life and it won't just stop with you it'll go into your household it'll go into your family it'll go into your co-workers your business your school It'll, it'll go outside the four walls of this church and it'll do something it'll do something so awesome that we won't be able to contain it it starts with you it starts now revival is when now, today revival's happening do you want to be a part of it we hope you've been blessed by today's message Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon. 